All right. So in talking today on The Mormon Nutritionist, we are going to discuss digestion and the macronutrients. Play it. Let's play this thing. Y'all are listening to The Mormon Nutritionist. I should say that this podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. I'm going to be talking about how digestion typically works. Okay, I know there are exceptions. There's IBS, there's Crohn's, there's UC, there's celiac disease, there are any number of other types of health issues that can be going on. But we're just going to talk about typically this is what would be happening. So let's get this started on the right foot. Calories are not little monsters that hide in your closet that shrink your clothing overnight. Calories are going to be found in all of the macronutrients. If you've never heard of a macronutrient, you've probably heard of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Whenever you hear someone say that they're going to be meeting their macros, all that means is that they're they're going to be getting enough fats, carbs, and protein. Before we move on, I want to point out that a lot of times people say that a calorie is a calorie. But let me just take you through this thought process real quick. If you were to drink a cup of water or a cup of soda or a cup of milk, would you still be getting a cup of fluid? with each of those cups? The answer is yes, you would be getting a cup of fluid, whether it's a cup of milk, soda, or water. So yes, the fluid is the same, but what is coming along with that fluid is going to be a little bit different. So the same thing is with calories. Yes, a calorie from broccoli is going to be the same as a calorie that is coming from steak, but if you were to eat 500 calories from broccoli versus 500 calories from steak, it would be, look very different. So you're going to get fiber, you're going to get more vitamins and minerals with the broccoli than you would be getting with the steak. So yes, a calorie is just a calorie, but the reality is that what comes along with that calorie is going to behave a little bit different. So I'll talk about that a little bit more throughout today too. In one of the recent general conference talks, Elder Uchtdorf gave this talk and he instructed us all to lift where we stand. And so in doing that, We can also incorporate that into our foods because each of those macronutrients, carbs, fats, and proteins, all have a specific role. They all do a specific thing. They all have special jobs that they are good at. In order to understand all of this, let's get into the Chip and Joanna Gaines mindset, all right? The fixer-upper types of shows. In these shows, they buy this house, they break the house down, sometimes all the way down to the studs, seeing what you've got there, and then you're going to build it back up. The same thing is happening whenever you are going to go out and eat a milkshake or a burger or a veggie chip. Your body's going to break those things down to the point where they can be absorbed and then they can be used. So you don't just drink milk and then magically it goes to your bones or to your muscles. You do not eat protein and then magically have huge biceps. When you eat, it's like a recycling center where your body is going through and separating everything out and seeing what you've got there 
and seeing where you need different items. So you need to understand that as part of digestion. So let's jump into carbs. So carbohydrates, they're all going to be broken down into sugar. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. Carbs are all going to be broken down into sugar. That is not a bad thing because that is the main energy source for your brain and for most of your body. Without these, your body starts to break down fat and protein that could be used for other body processes and starts to use them to create the sugar that carbs could provide for them. So these carbs are going to be found in dairy, fruit, vegetables, grains, plant-based proteins like beans, nuts, and seeds, legumes, which are basically anything that grows in a pod. But they're also going to be found in cookies, cakes, and brownies. So carbs aren't the devil. We don't need to go low-carb to be healthy, but we do need to use whole foods or plant-based foods that are going to offer carbs to be healthy. Next, we'll talk about fats. So most people are terrified of fats because they think that if you eat fat, you get fat, and that's not always the case. There are healthy fats, and they're not as healthy fats. But the role of this macronutrient is to help you to store energy, to help to insulate your body, and to provide cushioning. And some people are like, oh, I got enough cushioning. You can have some of mine. But if you did not have fat on your body, and if you're that klutzy person you bump into the door whenever you're walking through the doorway then you could rupture your spleen because you don't have any cushioning in your body. Or sitting down on a chair, you can only do for about two seconds without a pillow because then you're going to have your bones just rubbing on your skin and causing pressure ulcers. So it's kind of important to have fat. Yes, we don't need excess adipose tissue is what they call it in our body. But at the same time, you do need fat. And one way you can think of fats is it's basically a savings account. No one wants to just be spending out of their savings account because that means you don't have enough in your checking account. So yes, fats can be used for energy and they will be used if you're doing a long-term low-intensity exercise like a marathon, something that is going to be needing sustained energy for a long time. But you're going to have to have carbohydrates for your body to, to help you do that as well. So then we'll jump into proteins. And all proteins are going to be broken down into amino acids. So if you ever hear of a branch chain amino acid at the vitamin store that they're trying to sell you, just know that those are going to be amino acids. You're going to get those from proteins. Whether you get them from animals, whether you get them from plants, you're still going to be getting proteins. The reason the proteins are important is they help your body to digest the food that you get, to absorb it, to transport it. They help with healing of your skin along with repairing and maintaining cells. It also helps to create DNA. So proteins are not just for muscles. When I mentioned before that, yes, you can be using proteins and fats to use for energy for your body. Yeah, it's true that you could use proteins and fats, but I think the best example of understanding why you shouldn't do that will be this right here. If you have ever been in a group project or if you have ever had a coworker that just likes to call out all the time and use all of their sick time because what's the point if they don't get to use it, then when that happens, somebody else has to pick up the slack. And if it's you, then you don't really care how their job is done because it's not your job. 
and you're kind of frustrated that you're having to do their job and your job, and so everything else doesn't get done as well. Same things happen if you do not consume carbohydrates, then you have to use proteins, which could be used to build DNA, which could be used for your immune system, for cell repair, or any number of body processes. You have to use this protein instead of cell repair, you are using it for energy because carbohydrates decided to take a day off. So carbs aren't the enemy, but the types of carbs that most people think of are breads, pastas, cookies, and cakes. Those are not going to be as beneficial as the ones that you would get from fruits, vegetables, legumes, nuts, and seeds. Okay, so there are different kinds of carbohydrates that are out there, but just know that you want to consume all of these carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. They all have their own role. And in our food, carbohydrates are going to offer fiber. That fiber is going to help you to feel full faster. So this is the difference between eating a salad. It takes a little while longer to eat that salad, but because that salad takes up more space, it is going to help you feel full. Same thing if you're eating an orange as opposed to drinking orange juice, you're going to be more full. Now, proteins help you to feel full longer. So they, we, have, we call it a satiety value. Protein has a higher satiety value, and fats are going to be the last things that leave your stomach. So if you're going to eat a salad, eating a salad with a fat dressing and with chicken or with beans or with edamame or nuts or seeds, all of those things together are going to be beneficial. So we need all of these things, but it's the ratio that we need. Now, here's the thing. People think that when they're eating proteins, that they're just going to get ripped. And that only really works if the muscle is where you need that protein. So let's talk about why understanding this digestion and why understanding these macronutrients really even matters. Let's take a quick break and then we will pick this back up in the second half. In this week's The Mormon Nutritionist Breakdown, what I want to talk about is how the naming of food can influence how we feel about that food. So food advertising plays a big role in how we perceive food and what we're going to eat. So in this episode, where we're going to be renaming food, we ask, what is in a name? What is the difference between a fruit snack and a gummy bear? A lot of times you'll see parents giving their kids fruit snacks all over the place, and that's fine. Uh, that's a personal choice. But would you give your kid a gummy bear as often as you would give them fruit snacks? Even though it is coming from fruit juice, the reality is, is that it is still just going to be a candy. Fruit juice in general is basically just a flat fruit soda. Yeah, it's really just a lot of sugar that's going into it. So keep that in mind whenever you're handing out those fruit snacks to your kids. Maybe give them a whole fruit instead think about that whenever you're eating foods and shoot me a message on on facebook at zach cordell rdn let me know some of the funny things that you could think of where you would rename a food and it might not be as appetizing as it had been in the past but also still it helps you to understand what that food really is this has been what's in a name So we've talked a little bit 
about the macronutrients that are out there. We've talked about carbohydrates, fats, proteins, how they're all beneficial, how they all have a helpful role in the body. But why is it that we need to understand how digestion happens? I'm going to start by asking a question and think about it for a minute. When is food actually inside your body? Thinking, thinking. Food, most people think, is inside your body whenever you have put it in your mouth. And while that could be true, what you really need to understand is that your digestive tract is just a long tube running from your mouth to your anus. Oh, Pluto. You're still playing it to me. Anyways, so yes, it is a tube running from your mouth to the other end. And it is not going to be in your body until it has been broken down into its smallest forms. And for carbs, that's into sugar. For fats, that's going to be smaller triglycerides, monoglycerides. For proteins, it's going to be amino acids. It has to be broken down in order to be absorbed. If it does not get broken down, it does not get absorbed. That can lead to diarrhea. It can lead to other issues happening. You have to have this food broken down in order to be used by your body. So you theoretically could starve to death while eating enough calories for your body if none of them get absorbed. Now, what's cool about this is that we used to think that the intestines, whenever you stretched them all the way out, is that they were going to be the size of a tennis court. Because it's not just this tube that's running through your body, but on this tube you have little things called villi that are like fingers that are sticking off of the intestine, and there's wrinkles that are in your intestine, so it just increases the surface area. So you have these wrinkles, you have these fingers, and on those fingers you have more fingers, which is something from a horror movie I feel like you would see. Okay, But the reason that is there is because it helps to trap the nutrients, to absorb the nutrients, and then to utilize them. So whenever you stretch that all out, we used to think that it was the size of the tennis court, but the research that's coming out now says it's actually more the size of a studio apartment. So if your intestines were to be completely stretched out with the villi, the microvilli, the wrinkles, all just laying flat, then it would be about 400 square feet. So here's another FHE activity for you. Good old family home evening, all right? Take your family outside, take some measuring tape, and measure off a 20 by 20 square foot block. And let your kid lay in there and say, did you know that there is this much intestines inside of your body? And then you can talk to him about how awesome it is that their body has been made this way so that they can absorb all of the food that they need to so that they can grow up, they can be big, strong, smart, funny, athletic, whatever it is that they want to be when they grow up. So take a picture of them hanging out inside their intestines with the hashtag big inside and tag me in the photo with Zach Cordell Artie and I'd love to see what, what's going on inside of their intestines. And especially if you have boys, I'm pretty sure there's going to be somebody racing around the intestines. So 20 by 20 square foot area. Tell them that's how big your intestines are. And then send me a photo. Love to see what's going on. Another interesting thing is that Elder Holland came to a state conference whenever my family was living in Connecticut. And he was speaking about how during his graduate studies, he was having a rough time. And he taught the lesson that God loves broken things. And I'll bring this back to nutrition because you have to break things down, right? The fixer-upper example. You have to break down the food that you consume to be able to use it. 
But Elder Holland gave the example of that the ground has to be broken to put the seeds in. And then the sky has to be broken to allow the rain to fall. And then the seed has to be broken for the plant to be able to grow. And then the grain must be broken off of the stalk for that grain to be used. And then the grain has to be broken down in order for it to be made into flour. And that is how you can make bread. So all of those broken steps have to occur for us to even get bread. And I guess that broken grain could lead to tortillas, to naan, to cornbread, muffins, cookies, cakes, pancakes, any numbers of things. But the point is that things have to be broken in order for them to be used. It's the same thing in our intestines. You have to break down the macronutrients and the the carbs, fats, and proteins in order to bring them into your body to use them to build up who you need to be. So these nutrients are going to be broken down into a state that they can be used. It's like breaking down dollars to use at a vending machine. It won't take anything bigger than a five, and you've only got a 20, so you've got to break it down into fives and ones to be used. Same thing is happening in your body. But once it gets into your body, what's cool is that your body can build any number of things with it. So when you're consuming food, and going back to the carbohydrate side of things, and the good carbs, bad carbs, you want to choose foods that are not necessarily going to break down as fast as other things. If you've heard of the glycemic index, what they're talking about is this food is going to break down into glucose or sugar and is going to spike your blood glucose faster than if it was something that had a low glycemic index. So simple sugars like soda or cookies, cakes, those things are going to be broken down by your body really quickly compared to if you were going to eat beans, uh, edamame, you're going to eat corn. And yes, corn is not a worthless grain, but you do have to chew it in order to get access to the inside. So the example that I give to my students in talking about this is that it's like whenever you were a kid and at Christmas, you got walkie talkies or a doll or a remote control car. Whenever you open that thing, first you have to unwrap it. Then it's in a box. You have to open the box and then it's shrink wrapped. So you have to like have something to cut the shrink wrap off. Then it's zip-tied, twisty-tied, and there might even be like that little screw that's hanging out in the battery slot where you have to get the screws out, put the batteries in, but then again, you don't have batteries, so it takes you a long time to get access to it, but the whole time you are like amped to use this new toy. That's like a complex carbohydrate. Your body has to break all of these things down in order to use them. The flip side of this would be whenever you go to your friend's house and they've already opened up their toys and you can just walk in and play whatever it is that they already have. You don't have to do anything to get to it. It's just there for you to play with. So you want those foods that your body has to do a little bit of work to get into because that's not going to make your blood glucose go up higher than otherwise. So again, carbs aren't the devil. Complex carbohydrates can be beneficial. And again, those are going to be whole grains. Those are going to be plants, whether it's a fruit or vegetable. And then you want to avoid or limit the amount of simple sugars that you're having, whether that's soda, juices, milkshakes, smoothies, cookies, cakes, brownies, most of the things that people associate with carbohydrates. And this would help with diabetes control too, because complex carbohydrates can delay the development of diabetes. And they also help with the management of diabetes. So that is beneficial in many different ways. So the bottom line is that you have to have a healthy mix of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. 
You want to choose things that are like complex carbohydrates, something that has a, a good amount of fiber to it, something that's not a white bread, maybe go to a whole grain bread, choose beans, nuts, and seeds rather than a Pop-Tart or something that is going to be easy to break down because you want your body to do a little bit of work to get into the carbohydrates so that it can work well for your body. And again, carbs aren't the devil. If you're using proteins or fats to replace your carbohydrates, then you're wasting your proteins and fats because they have other jobs that they could be doing. As a recap, for family home evening, your family activity, let your kids figure out how amazing their body is by going out and laying in their intestines, you know, the 20 by 20 square feet, that would be the size of their intestines. Tag me, big inside, hashtag big inside. Remember what you are going to eat is all going to be broken down. And that should be amazing to most of us, right? You eat food, your body breaks it down, it uses it where it needs it, and then can go from there. And understand that all nutrients are going to play a role in your health. If we are over-consuming on certain nutrients, then it's not going to help in other areas. So yes, the old adage of moderation in all things could be beneficial, but at the same time, it might be vague enough where people can use it in their own light. So just make sure you remember, proteins help you to stay full longer, carbs help with fiber consumption to help you feel full faster, and fats are going to be the last thing to leave your stomach, so all of those things work well together. If you want to, just real quick, go ahead and put your hands out, palm up, put them together. So one palm of those should be your protein, whether that's going to be animal protein or plant protein. The other palm should be a grain, okay? And hopefully we would go with a, a whole grain. And then those fingers are going to be vegetables. And not all of your plates are going to look like this, but this might help with the visual of saying what a plate should look like. And if you look at your plate like that, then it should help whenever you go grocery shopping because your grocery cart should look like that too. If you're buying more vegetables, you will be eating more vegetables. Whereas if you don't have vegetables in the house, you're not going to eat them. So thanks for joining us on The Mormon Nutritionist. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at Zach Cordell RDN on Facebook or on Instagram. Send me whatever questions you have. I'd love to see the pictures of your kids laying in their intestines. Oh, that sounds a little awkward. I guess I shouldn't say it that way. But you all know what I mean, all right? Um, so send me, Yeah, that does sound kind of weird. But send me comments on what you would like me to discuss. I can answer some questions. And I'll work on adding those to upcoming episodes of The Mormon Nutritionist. And be sure to check out our next episode that will be coming out. Where we'll be talking with uh, Blade Harkis, a recent BYU graduate, a pre-med student at the Mayo Clinic, and a type 1 diabetic. Oof, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, so be sure to check out the, the next episode that will be coming out. We've got a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. This has been The Mormon Nutritionist. We'll talk soon.